Welcome to Bible News Press. Our goal is to discuss biblical faith beyond cliches and buzzwords, whether such words are religious or political. Sometimes we sit around the table and fellowship. Sometimes we do a little time travel. It is all part of our journey with our Abba Father, who has given us the key to life. We do it with Jesus, and we do it together. Welcome. Hello, I'm Laura. Today I'm going to be summarizing the discussion that our group had about Hour 12 of Learn the Bible in 24 Hours, the book by Chuck Missler that we have been discussing over the past few months. To begin with, we recognize that using the word minor as a description of these prophetic books does not have to do with their importance, but means they're shorter as in comparison to other prophetic books like Isaiah or Jeremiah. All of these books seem to be written after Israel splits into the northern and southern kingdoms, and so they basically cover a time period that uh, historically is covered by much of 1 Kings and 2 Kings and 2 Chronicles. There are a couple of different groupings, kind of three groupings of the minor prophets in terms of the time periods. The earlier ones, chronologically, are contemporary or close in time to Isaiah, but the later, the middle later grouping is more contemporary with Daniel and Jeremiah. And then the final grouping of Haggai, Zechariah, and Malachi are closely around the times of Esther and Ezra and Nehemiah chronologically. And then the last book, Malachi, is dated as being the last book in the Old Testament chronologically, as well as being the last book in the Bible. Beyond that, these books are not arranged chronologically in the Bible. There is a chart in the book, 24 Hours to Learn the Bible in Hour 12, that we kind of found hard to look at, and we looked up some others that were easier, and I will link to one from Answers in Genesis in the blog post in the show notes of this podcast. It was challenging to discuss all of the minor prophets as a section beyond the fact that they were called the minor prophets because the people addressed in the prophecies and the time periods prophesied about and the formats used in the prophecies varied a lot. For instance, we can begin with Hosea, which covers the time period of four kings of Judah in the southern kingdom and also in the days of Jeroboam, the son of Joash in the northern kingdom. Now, Hosea's prophecies were intertwined with his marriage to a prostitute and an adulteress, reminding us of a tragic theater play. At this point in the discussion, a recent movie based on a book by Francine Rivers was mentioned. This movie, called Redeeming Love, is discussed very thoroughly by a gal named Elisa Childers in her podcast episode number 142, and one person in our group has read the book and confirmed the evaluation of the story, the main concern being that it makes the woman, who supposedly represents Gomer in the true account in the Bible, into an innocent victim of others instead of the unfaithful wife that God is using to show how Israel has turned away from him. One person had notes in the Bible in Hosea from a precepts study that show the heart of God in Hosea where he wants Israel to return to him. And the whole comparison of marriage emphasizes the exclusivity of God in the Bible and what he as Jesus has done. 
And it is this exclusivity that often offends offends other people. So this movie is, and the book, they are unfortunately a trend in Christian literature where the uncomfortable truths of God's word are watered down and or romanticized to make them popular reading. And if one wants to write a story about a woman who's a victim of slave trade, fine, but don't say it represents Hosea and God's clear proclamations in that book. I will put a link to that podcast in the blog post so that you can go listen to that more thorough discussion if you would like to. And we didn't discuss Joel in particular. Amos was mentioned in passing as being unusual since he was a herdsman and nothing extra was said about Obadiah. However, we did get into Jonah for a couple of reasons. One was that in the book, 24 Hours to Learn the Bible, the claim is made that Jonah had read Hosea and Isaiah. But when we looked at several timelines, including the one in the book, Jonah was before both of them. So that seemed like an odd mistake and was a reminder to always go back to the scriptures to check what other people say. We looked for other evidence of why Jonah didn't want to prophesy to Nineveh, and one person suggested that he knew because of God's mercy it would make him look like a no-good prophet whose prophecies don't come true, so maybe some pride there. However, we didn't see anything outright in that about the account. As far as a prophetic book, Jonah is unique in that the whole story of the prophecy, from sending the prophet to proclaiming the prophecy to the results of the prophecy, are all told in one account. And one person pointed out how even though much of the Old Testament is about God's chosen people, he still emphasizes here and in other places that he cares greatly for everyone else. We discussed how there is always a remnant that is truly following God throughout the biblical account and throughout history. And we wondered that so many people are enticed by their own pride to disregard God's truth and offer of new life, which is the only path to true life because he is the creator of all and holds all things in his hands. And it's out of love that we try to share this message with others. One person gave the example of if we see some people in a canoe headed for a waterfall who would not yell out desperately to them of threatening destruction. Unfortunately, what we see is people like lemmings rushing in ignorance to their doom, easily and willingly swayed by culture and false doctrines. These false doctrines and culture that appeal to the arrogance of minds that do not want to humble themselves before God. They feel free, but they are without meaning, without guidance, and without hope. The minor prophets, like much of the Bible, show that most of mankind is in constant rebellion, every generation thinking that they have outgrown God. And many so-called seeker-friendly, quote, churches, unquote, try to appeal to such people, but since such people are generally not interested in the real gospel— Um, The preaching gets perverted to what tickles the ears, or people throw off the institutions as meaningless as they are, or they become simply social clubs. Then, ironically, scriptures are often used forcefully against anyone who compares such a state of affairs to biblical truths and accuses people seeking biblical truths uh, to those who are undermining authority or causing division. We talked some about this conundrum of being salt and light in the world without compromising important things like pure fellowship among believers or raising godly children. 
we are often presented with a false dichotomy of being a good influence versus withdrawing from broken and corrupt systems, whether they be things like religious or educational systems. But being salt and light among people in our community does not require us to abandon our children to their perverse education or our hearts to the bombardment of distorted preaching. The lessons of the Canaanites in Joshua were brought up in comparison. All the Canaanites had heard of the miracles in Egypt and the crossing of the Red Sea. For 40 years, they had lived in fear of Israel coming as a nation to conquer them. But they chose to respond to the fear differently. Rahab and her family chose to throw themselves on the mercy of God and were saved from destruction. The Gibeonites chose deception and ended up as in perpetual slavery among God's chosen people. But the vast majority of the Canaanites chose to fight against God and his people with all their might and ended up being wiped out. A previous reference by Chuck Missler to Joshua being compared to Revelation was brought up, which reminded us of his reference in this hour 12 about something in Hebrew. I'm not going to say this right. Midrashic, Midrashic, something like that where prophecy is given by patterns of things that are told about in the Bible. Someone wondered what all the prophecies in the minor prophets might have to do with America. After all, some of the prophecies were for other nations. It seemed that the main thought was that God would show mercy to any people group that lives in faith with him, but he will destroy or just remove his favor from those who don't, and this is justice. Romans 1 was mentioned with its commentary on people suppressing the truth in order to pursue their sinfulness and arrogance and their sin by the fact that it is completely contrary to the goodness that is based in and found in only the one true God leads to depravity. Lastly, we discussed comments made in the book in our 12 about tithing when referring to Malachi chapter 3 verse 8. These verses are hounded upon by many pastors to press money from their congregations, but it is our conviction, based on the whole of Scripture, that tithing was set up as a part of the priestly system of government for Israel, and even some of the tithes were specifically for the people themselves to celebrate feasts. There is no way to tithe according to the Israelite priestly system today, not only because we are not under that system of the law, but it doesn't exist. And this doesn't preclude giving, which is obviously still a good thing. However, we think that many people use the tithing model as it is conveniently taught in a lazy or selfish way. They give to soothe their conscience or to get a blessing and not from a heart of love or wisdom. It makes them feel good, and as long as they hear good-sounding words from the pulpit or from whoever says this money is being spent this way or that way, they don't think too hard about it. One example of giving shared was that people can set aside money regularly to develop a fund so that when they hear of needs, they can give to those people that they see have needs, and they can do that with some understanding and with some loving relationship. The chapter, the hour 11, closes with a reminder that Jesus said all of Scripture points to him, and also that there are fulfillments of prophecy that we still have to look forward to. That is the Bible News Press segment for today, but not the end of our journey. 